Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. I know you love me. You love me so. Lisa Rubin. Katie Harms. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, Katie. <laughs> Lisa, 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 Lisa. Hey, you know what? Social media. I love social media. We have had so many great comments. And one of the things we recently posted really spoke to me and made me think of a funny story that I have to share with you. Very short, very short. Okay. There's been a lot of funny stories. So I'm anxious to hear what this one is. Well, it was, it's more of a memory kind of wrapped with funniness. So the most recent real style is never right or wrong. It's a matter of being yourself on purpose, which has resonated with so many people. Well, it made me think of my mom, God rest her soul. And I would get up in the morning and get myself off to school. This was high school, earlier parts of high school. And my mom told me once, I thought my mom was just, you know, giving me my independence. And my mom said to me one time, years later, nope, couldn't stand to see what you put on to wear to school. So I got, I didn't get up. So I wouldn't make a comment on it. (laughs) After all those years, you thought that she just thought you were independent. I, I thought she was giving me my independence. But what I remember is that I really never thought, I mean, I, I know I had an idea of style and maybe some way out their thoughts or whatnot, but it, it didn't take over my mindset, right? I just went and I did, and I know I had an awful lot of, awful lot of sports gear that I wore because I'd go from school to sports practice and, and all of that. I kept my hair very short because it was very efficient and all of that, but that, that just cracked me up when I put that together and thought about that, because I feel like I was being my unique self. And I think I always have, but to that end, having the investment of working with you, kind of learning as I went along, being in that retail sphere for many years and paying attention, investment. So we have a guest today, right, that we're talking about investing in ourselves in a different way. Yes, that's a nice way of putting it. We do. I'm looking forward to having her on, um, Jane Elligard, and I look forward to hearing what she has to say and how she can maybe empower some women that listen to the podcast. Fantastic. She has a company called Elegant Wealth. That's her company, right? And a little bit about her bio, she said, says she empowers women to show up and own their financial freedom with courage, confidence, and wisdom. And after 34 years of managing wealth for for high net worth individuals and families, she made the leap to entrepreneurship. So she's written books. She's uh, got real experience and a variety of certifications and credentials. And I'm super excited to talk to her because we always talk about investing in ourselves and this kind of wraps it all into one, right? You have to invest in yourself in the financial realm. You have to invest in yourself in the physical realm. You have to invest in yourself in, in your wardrobe. Really, you have to invest in 
who you surround yourself with. You invest in your job. So all of these are investments. If you're doing it right, you're choosing to make the right ones for yourself. Yes, I agree. And that making those choices sometimes is the hardest part. True that. Now, what about retail therapy? <laughs> are you seeing people making decent choices? Well, no, out? no, flat out. <laughs> no. <laughs> so here's what I How have about to some say. Tips from you. How about some tips from you on retail therapy, particularly well, when we're in phase two therapy. of, yeah. Phase two, three, four. I don't know what phase we're in of this pandemic. Um, I think people were starting to get out. They were starting to feel a little bit more free in what they were doing. They were traveling, they were having meetings, they were having dinners, they were meeting their, their family, work friends. Um, and now we're kind of back to sort of where we were a year ago. Um, and so now people are really bored. In some parts of the country, it's very cold, like Minnesota. Um, it's dreary, it gets, you know, the sun goes down at 530 at night. So what do people do? They get on their computers and they think, hmm, let me see if I can find something. I want to get a package in the mail and it will just make me happy. Nothing wrong with that, guys. But really think about that package you're going to get and what you're going to spend the money on right now. And do you really need it? And is it really going to fulfill that bucket of making you feel good? Because I think some people, you have a lot of options now to order online and it looks really good when it comes in the mail because you can't get out and then you put it on. And then, you know, two weeks later, you're like, what did I buy this for? What was, what I, am I, what was I thinking? What am I going to wear with this? Why did I spend the money on it? Whether it is a shirt, a, a shoe, a piece of jewelry, a necklace, a handbag. I mean, you name it. So I would really encourage everybody to put it in your basket, then close your computer. And the next day, think, do I still really need that? I also want to tell everybody, I know that listening to podcasts, you can listen to them all year round. But this time of year that we are recording this podcast, there isn't a lot of new merchandise that's coming into any place. All of the new collections for everything will start being delivered and online and in stores by February. Is that normal? That's normal. So it could even be end of February, March now because of all the supply chain issues. I don't really know because I don't you know, own a store. I only am able to talk to a lot of the owners and that's what they're telling me. So yeah. a lot of the things that you're ordering online could have been online for a long time. You just didn't see it because you didn't need to buy anything. You didn't go that far into the pages, <laughs> which it's a time suck. Let's face it. Not only is it, you might not get what you're really intending to get. It takes up a lot of time. So I would rather see you take that time and go in and clean out a drawer, maybe. <laughs> and might, you might find treasures that you own or, you know, or, or read a, a book, book or play a game book. with a family member, which yeah. I'm sure maybe a lot of you are sick of doing because you yeah. were doing a lot of that before, but just have patience. I know I said that in episodes, many episodes prior to this, we all still have to have patience. Um, you know, Lisa, nobody has more patience than you in working with me on this podcast. I just got to say, 
<laughs> oh, I agree to that. Anyway, but I, but I love it. I, yeah, I, I, I always do. love it and I look forward to it. Anyway, well, that's a lie, but okay, you don't always love it, but mo- you know, 80 20 rule, right? No, I always love no, I always love there? recording this podcast. Okay, okay. It's getting there. Part that I don't love. Yes. But that's well, okay. That's, that's the making the us, sausage. That's what's making us a team. Yeah, but the one other sure thing is. I have to say about it is something that I have been teaching and training and made my career out of, and that is trends. You know, one thing that people tend to do is when they do their retail therapy, they tend to buy the trendiest things rather than the classic clean line things that will stay in your wardrobe for long periods of time. Because it's like when you have a sweet tooth, you go and get the cookie or the donut, right? You don't go and get a cup of coffee and pour a little sugar or creamer in it and think that's enough. It's the same analogy. It's fabulous. It's a great analogy. Also keep remembering that I'm not against trend. I think trend is fun, but trends come and go quite quickly. So I really think that you guys also have to keep all of that in your mind when you're ordering. Well, let's, let's face it. How would we have the robust retail that we have in general in the world if everyone just focused on the classics? Oh, exactly. The For trends sure. have to be there. The trends have to be there. Yeah. Now, I want to I want to mention someone really quickly because I I love focusing on the people that we've had on our podcast who've been kind enough to share their time with us and share their talent. And Marnie Gellner was named Minnesota Sportscaster of the Year recently. So a I huge know. shout out to Marnie. I think that's fantastic and very well deserved. I just I love listening to her. She just is really fun. And she, she works very hard. She sure does. And it's, you know, not an easy job. So it's not. And I love her and Rebecca Brunson together when they're covering Wolves, Wolves games at halftime and post game. They, they're a great team. So really congrats to Marnie. Um, love you for it. And just kind of wrapping up what you were saying to investing in yourself in every way. And again, if you want to be trendy, go for it be trendy in some way, shape or form, just make sure you have basics. Well, not even just the basics. You have to make sure that I always tell somebody, make sure that one major piece that you are wearing on your body that includes from head to toe, jewelry, handbag is classic because the trendy pieces that you do want to wear are actually going to show up better. Yeah, that makes sense. So keep that in wise, mind. wise words. Um, I was recently helping to move our daughter into her home, their, their new home. So a lot of organization, you know, the nice thing is they moved into a space that's larger than the last space, but it gives me an opportunity to see what people did before with closets and organizational spaces. And even the design of the home that was in this case built in 1994 and there was attempted closet organization that went on and not so bad organization, right? But I want to talk really quickly about product and you're going to understand this too. There is a huge difference between the construction of a good solid closet and those that you might buy at a big box store, potentially. We've talked a lot about design 
but there's so many different forms of product out there where you think about that closet space, you're using it every single day, several times a day, in and out of drawers, probably the, the most used space in your home, second to the kitchen, I would say. So you want that to last. So if you're putting money into it, you want that to be good quality. So look for the full extension drawer glides, look for soft clothes hardware, look for three quarter inch panels and box construction that really is solid. And I think that's, that is, if you have to spend a little bit more for that, maybe you don't need all the drawer inserts and things like that. Maybe you can buy those over time, but get that foundation of the closet in a quality product. Don't pass it over. It's important. It really is. Not just because I sell the spaces, because in the long run, you will save money. You will only do your closets once as opposed to replacing material because it's falling apart. I absolutely agree with you. And I'm in a lot of closets all the time. And I will notice that with some people's closets, you know, if they decided not to do that category and get their closets done in that way, and they have nothing but problems and they're frustrated. They're frustrated. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. It's like a well-designed house. It's a well-designed space. And again, you want to be able, it's probably really, there's no other space in your home where it's needing to give you a view of a lot of product. You know, in your kitchen, you have mostly closed drawers. You open them up, you know where you are, right? But you have hanging, you have folded, you have so many different things that go into that closet space. And being able to access it all comfortably just saves, again, saves time, saves money. Sometimes I feel like a broken record, but I think it's, it just is true and it's important. And it gets you in a quick routine in the morning. If you have sure your does. spaces well-planned, which saves you time. So you can invest that time in other things, your family, a couple more minutes with your family before God willing, your kids go out the door <laughs> to, to go to school or go into wherever it is that they're homeschooling or, you know, going onto the computer to zoom school, whatever it is, but really it's giving you time. We all have the same 24 hours of time in our lives. And it's what we do with it. And with that, we are going to welcome Jane to the podcast and hear what she has to say about investing in ourselves financially. Jane, welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. I love your name, Elegant Wealth, the name of your business. And obviously with your last name being Elegard, how did it come to you? Like, was there a, oh, this is the name moment? Oh my gosh, I spent days trying to come up with the name of the business. That was one of the hardest things I think <laughs> I had to do. But eventually I came, I kept trying to play with my first name and, and nothing was coming. And finally somebody brought up Elegant and that just seemed to work. And then adding the two L's just made it a little extra fun. Plus double entendre that, you know, L-E-L-L-E is French for women or she. So, oh, yeah. Okay. I just so, learned something. Yes. So that was kind of fun as well. That's fantastic. I also think that when women look at that and they kind of also see the word elegant and that will resonate with a woman. Yeah, exactly. And that was really, I mean, what I'm trying to do is make finances and money interesting, inviting and welcoming to women. And how's it going? What are you finding as you're doing this? Oh, gosh, it's been such an amazing journey. But, 
you know, having spent 34 years working with people with money, families, couples, I just so often saw a gap in the education that women had received. And I just really wanted to make a difference. And so that was why I left, you know, actually doing the investing and, and you know, doing that aspect of financial advising and planning and started just focusing on the education for women because I just think it's so needed. But I think it's something that women often aren't excited about, don't really, they, they, I think it's one of the, I always say it's one of those things that falls into that, you know, important but not urgent category. And so it's really easy to kind of push to the side, but yet it's one of those things that we do really need to understand. The statistics will tell us it's important. And then when a woman comes to the point where she is forced to have to understand it, whether it be a death or a divorce or something, the frustration becomes overwhelming and they, yeah. they kind of get blocked and they don't know what to do. Exactly, Lisa. And that's, that's what I experienced when I was working with couples is, you know, that significant life event would happen where either there was suddenly a divorce or, or the husband passed away. And you know, it's almost like having you know, the financial rug pulled out from under you. And when that happens, it's scary and overwhelming. And that was what I wanted to help women with. How much of it is fear-based? A lot of it is fear-based. It you know, goes back to those money messages that so oftentimes we were telling ourselves either from the time we were young or our parents were telling us. And we've been carrying those around for such a long time. I mean, I have so many women say to me things like, you know, my brain just doesn't do math or I'm not good at numbers. So I just can't do this. And you can. Every woman, this isn't rocket science. Trust me. Every woman can do this. Every woman is smart and capable. You hit on it too, generational. As I look back, I mean, I remember when my dad was diagnosed with cancer and we had a year, a little over a year with him at that point. And he early on in that diagnosis, then sat my mom down and started to teach her where everything was. I mean, they had 49 years of marriage in year 48 is when she started learning these things. Yeah. I hope it's changing as we're seeing women take more control of their lives in, in many different ways and, and taking their place at the table. What's the best feel good story you can think about? Oh, gosh, a woman who went through my program, yeah, she said, you know, she said, money is one of those things that it's so easy to avoid. You, you know, it can be money can be overwhelming and intimidating. And she said, you know, when I took Jane's class, I expected to learn more about my financial situation, understand investments. She said, but what I didn't expect was to gain a renewed sense of belief in myself. She said, I started finally charging more money for my services in my business for the first time in 12 years because I now know I'm worth it. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. You know, as you're talking, um, I was thinking to myself that what you do for women and what I do for women, we both are able to empower and give women confidence because yeah. When you're wearing an outfit that makes you feel good, <laughs> so you're wearing your outfit that makes you feel good, but when you're wearing an outfit that makes you feel good and someone can help you find that and what you do 
you see a different woman flourish. The flower just starts blooming. And so it's, it's very similar. It is, Lisa. I think you're absolutely right. And I, I just think anything that you can do to empower women, to make them or to help them feel more confident and self-assured, whether it's with how they're showing up or getting more engaged in the financial conversation. I think everything like that is valuable. And you know, I'm such a believer in working on myself, investing in myself. And I just wish that more women would take the time to do that. I think it's, you know, what I've observed is that women often don't want to invest the time or the money in themselves to improve and, and gain that additional confidence. And I just think it's, it's so important and it's so worthwhile. And yeah, we'll do take you, care of everybody else. Well, and I was going to say, do you think they don't want to, or they really truly don't understand the benefit of doing that, of what the, what the upside is? Katie, I, I want to believe that it's, they don't understand the upside, right? Because if you did, you would, you would jump in and do it right away. And yet, again, I just think it's, we have so much that we're doing. We're so busy. You know, we're, we're raising children, we're working, we're volunteering, we're maintaining a marriage, we're, I mean, we're, we're, we're taking care of parents. We're, there's so many things that we're doing and we're, we're torn in so many different directions. And so I, I, I completely get it. It's hard. And, you know, and I talk about the fact that, you know, it's why we divide and conquer. And yet, you know, this isn't an area to divide and conquer. This, this is an area that couples need to be working together, doing together, having those conversations together, because it, it impacts so much about what happens in our lives. For sure. I think about, you know, social media is good and bad in so many ways, right? And there's so much out there about investing and how to invest that it gets to be, that gets to be overwhelming. If you're looking at that, oh my gosh, you got to be in the stock market game. You got to do this. You got to do that. And almost taking a step back from it, it sounds like you're going in even before that to say, let's teach you about investing so that you can determine then what's best for you. And then you maybe go and work with your financial planner, or you'll know the things to ask when you get there. Yeah. And that's, I'm not trying to, I, I mean, I'm not doing what the financial advisor does. I'm not trying to replace the financial advisor in any way, shape or form. I really want to supplement, you know, what they haven't learned. You know, I, I talk about the fact that you didn't miss the class in school. There probably wasn't one. And yet this should be taught in school, it should, you know, but it's not. And so if you didn't go into this field, Oftentimes, it's not something that you've really ever been taught the concepts. I mean, so many women don't understand the difference between a stock and a bond and what they do in your portfolio and why it's important to have components of both and what asset allocation means. And so taking that step back and really teaching them what these things are all about, what they mean so that they can go into the meetings with the financial advisor feeling more confident and feeling like they can engage in that conversation is just going to make it that much better and easier for them to, you know, have that engagement. And so the first thing is really just taking that step back. And I, I, the very first thing that I talk about is money mindset and limiting beliefs, because I think like anything, we have, we have limiting beliefs around so many areas and aspects of our lives and money is certainly no different. 
And so taking a step back and understanding, again, like I said earlier, what we heard growing up, I talk about the fact that my dad told me to marry a rich man. (laughs) Oh, man. Over and over again, right? And, but he also told me to go into sales because there was money to be made in sales. So, you know, he was equal opportunity. I could find my knight in shining armor. I could get my button gear and make it for myself. But the, the underlying message to me was clear that money was good and that I wanted more of it. And yet other people were told money is bad and that rich people are greedy or evil. And so understanding why you feel the way that you do about money, why you might be avoiding it is really the first thing to start to understand, you know, get that awareness around limiting beliefs you then have around money. Yeah. And, and you, do you do a class? I do classes and I do speaking. And you, you've written a book. And I've written a book. (laughs) What made you decide to write a book? Because I know you wrote the book kind of early on, right? Well, quite honestly, I wasn't intending to write a book, which is, (laughs) I have a mentor, Mark LeBlanc, who he kept saying to me, Jane, you need to write a book. And I kept saying, no, I'm not writing a book. (laughs) But COVID hit. Um, So actually, I have COVID to thank for the book, because I think if COVID hadn't happened, I'm not sure I would have written the book. But actually, the way that the book happened was, I was, I started out when I left my, my job, corporate job. Um, I started creating the curriculum that I wanted to put together to run these group coaching courses for women. And as I did that, I was writing notes and, you know, what I wanted to say, you know, at this particular part in the curriculum. And when COVID hit and my group coaching classes got shut down, I decided to do an online course, create an online course. And in doing that, I typed up all of my notes from the curriculum that I was teaching. And that was actually, all of a sudden I got done with that and went, wow, I I think I actually have a book here. So that was actually how my book came about. So I wasn't one of those people who spent, you know, half an hour every single day uh, writing because I'm not sure I could have done that. I didn't want to do that, but I love having the book and I love being able to share that with so many more women than I can possibly, you know, coach in a, you know, eight to 12 person group coaching class. That's fantastic. Well, you did not have limiting beliefs. I did not. (laughs) I did, but I got past them. (laughs) You got past them. That's true. And I think it falls in, in our banter that we had before we came on with you. We were talking about investing in ourselves in all ways, right? It's the message that I think it's the reason why this podcast even came about was that it is important for women to believe in themselves, invest in themselves, both time, energy, financially, it all goes hand in hand. Because again, we all only have the same 24 hours in the day. And it's how we use them that makes such a difference in the world. How do people get a hold of the book? Uh, The book is available on my website. It's on amazon.com and Barnes and Noble. So and it is called Financial Empowerment for Women, Your Guide to Courage, Confidence, and Wisdom. Okay, now we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to shift gears a little bit because I want to ask you, Jane, if you don't mind talking about your experience working with Lisa. I'd love to. That would be awesome. All right. Hang tight. We're going to sing the praises of our favorite rustica bakery. 
and we shall be back in a moment. On the Viewing Your Mirror podcast, we love sharing our personal favorites. Rustica Bakery is high on that list, and we know you're going to agree. Rustica has two locations. They're original at 3224 West Lake Street in Minneapolis, across from Calhoun Commons and Whole Food Market. And Southdale Center, next to Lifetime, where you'll enter without even going into the mall. Both have ample parking, either online or in-store. Bread, breakfast, dessert, treats, a menu sure to allow you to find a personal favorite in no time. Online ordering is a breeze and curbside pickup is an option. Available in-store only are savory menu items. Think grab and go for lunch or enjoy them there. Brunch items are offered Friday through Sunday. My personal favorite is the take and bake cookies, available online or in-store truly a capstone for any get-together and in just 15 minutes from package to plate a memory to make. We highly suggest you always have these in your freezer. RusticaBakery.com. Find the food and drink you adore or try something new. Rustica Bakery puts the love shown by their customers back into every item baked. At Rustica, you're among favorites. And we are back with Jane Elligard from Elegant Wealth. We were talking about her book, Financial Empowerment for Women. Before we switch gears, Jane has is a, a client of Lisa's. So we're going to put her on the spot. We're going to put Lisa on the spot too, which is always <laughs> fun, right? And uh, and we're gonna we're gonna ask Jane to give us the down and dirty about working with Lisa. But before we do that, I want to talk about you have three words that really are kind of your pillars. Would that be, I know you have six pillars of success, but in there you have these three words that really resonate. Talk about those. Yeah. Three key words, I guess is how I refer to them. So yeah, the courage, confidence, and wisdom. And I just think it really kind of a lot of what I do is based on those three words and it's the courage to be proactive, to get in front of those significant life events that are likely to happen for most women. So I think, you know, that's really important. It's the confidence to be proactive, to get engaged in the conversation that's happening today, right now, because those conversations impact your financial future. And then the wisdom to know the difference, to make a difference, because if you understand, you know, your financial situation, it means that you can start to have those conversations with your parents, your children, your partner, your spouse, that are so incredibly important to have that you may not be having today. At what age do you feel a woman should start thinking about this? Oh my gosh. At, you know, in her teens, in, you know, at any age, I just think it's so important. The other thing I talk about for a lot of women is to be a good role model. So if you want your daughters to grow up being interested in money and finances you know, showing that interest and getting engaged in that conversation is the best possible thing you can do. You know, I really go back to the fact that, you know, so many women, you know, we grew up in families where dad was the person who handled the finances. Now in my family, my mom handled the finances. And I think that's a big reason why I wasn't intimidated by money because I saw my mom doing it. And so I think that's a really great way to be a role model for your daughters and to get them pulled in. Because if you make really good decisions, like when you first start working, you're pushing money into that 401k, that retirement plan, my gosh, you can really set yourself up for life. 
And so I think the earlier, the better. Although I always say too, it's not too late. It's never too late. You know, that's so true. Uh, and we talk about this, you're focused on women, but really teaching our young people early, yeah. boys, girls, however you identify getting that information out early and teaching you about money and how to control money and not allow money to control you, all of those things. Something you said, though, is very interesting. I'm going to put it together. You talked about how women are very bad at taking time for themselves to do the things for themselves. Well, we've heard about the tweeners, right, where we're between our kids and our parents. A lot of people are out there in that now. If you can get ahead of those conversations, you just talked about it a little bit, having them with your parents. So if you don't, if you don't want to take the time to do this for yourself, do it so that helping your parents go through their transition helps you as well. And that's a good place to enter the thought process of, right, of intersecting, learning, so that you can have those tough conversations with your parents. Yeah, that's Where, exactly right, Katie. Yeah. And I, I think, think it's also it, very hard to have the conversation because they come from a different generation because I have tried many times and my mom actually handles the finances also growing up and in my house, but she doesn't want to have those conversations with me. And yeah, I, I hear that it, a lot. It's, it's difficult because you just don't know how to handle it. Um, and I think that's an important one. Do you cover that in your sessions? We do. We talk about, you know, how can you approach your parents? How can you start to have that conversation and try to draw them in? I, I heard Mel Robbins. I thought this was really interesting. She described this the best that I've ever heard it. She said, you know, so oftentimes as women, we don't want to talk about money. And she said, part of that is that historically, the men were the ones who were out there making the money. And so I think as women, we didn't feel it was really our place to talk about it. And yet it really is. And so I love that your mother handled the finances and still does. And yet it does then make it difficult to get them to open up. And so we do talk about, you know, what are some ways that you can start to just, you know, casually be bringing it up and planting seeds and, and trying to get them to open up to that conversation, because at some point you're going to have to understand their financial situation and help them with it. Really good points. Really good points. Well, and Lisa, it sounds like you can have further conversations with Jane about this because I have a feeling you're going to be spending more time together as, as things progress. Jane, how did you find Lisa? What was the impetus to get you working with her? So a friend of mine started working with her. And so she was telling us gals all about this wonderful experience with Lisa and how much fun it was. And, and so I was like, I want in, I need that. I need that. You know, I had gone from, you know, I kind of had a, um, a corporate outfit that I wore to work. I had, you know, I must've had a dozen pair of black pants and I had, you know, another dozen suit jackets and different blouses. And it was just kind of, you know, plug and play every morning. And all of a sudden I was doing speaking and coaching and it was a whole different wardrobe than what I had been wearing for 34 years. And I had no clue <laughs> how to dress. 
for this new adventure that I was on. And so I was so relieved to find Lisa and have somebody guide me on this uh, this new journey. So it was it was fantastic to find Lisa. Were, was there any fear? I mean, you're going to invite this almost perfect stranger either virtually. Did you do it virtually or in person? First, we did virtual. And I still can't figure out how she, I mean, it was like she saw things in my closet from my little iPad <laughs> hoisted up on a chair. I still can't figure out how she did it. But, um, you know, I really was, I think because my friend had had just a really great experience and you know how women are, we, when we have a great experience, we tell our friends, I also likened it to, you know, when I'm talking to women about finding a financial advisor, you know, I talk about the fact that it's a very intimate relationship. And obviously the one with Lisa was too. And then having her actually come to my house and come into my closet, in my bedroom, um, obviously a very intimate relationship and you need trust. And Lisa, I don't know, she just exudes trust. I trust that she probably talked to you about your bras. She did. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Rule number one. <laughs> and how to store them. That's from yes. Katie. That's from Katie. Yes. I learned that from Katie. Oh my gosh. What is, what is the one thing as of right now that maybe some advice I gave you that you think about daily when you're getting ready in the morning or when you're getting ready for something you're going to do during the day? Is there anything that I'm in your head with? I think, you know, you encouraged me. You talked to me about the Jennifer Tadanelli bag and um, you know, I think one of the things that you said to me was you need to exude, you know, a certain aura, you know, I'm teaching women about money and finance. And, you know, so I want to look, you know, professional yet approachable. And so that's, that's, I think, always what I'm trying to uh, find that balance of, um, you know, displaying when I'm getting ready in the morning. But I love having my Jennifer bag and I just feel like a million bucks when I walk into a room with, with that tote. And doesn't it start conversations? It does. With women? Like it before does. you even have to start doing your thing, a woman will walk up and even talk to you about your handbag. Well, I remember being, I was in the airport the first time I traveled with it. Uh, the only time I, I've only traveled once since, uh, since uh, COVID started, but I had my new bag and I remember seeing these women kind of, they kept glancing over <laughs> at my new bag. <laughs> so that was really fun. <laughs> That's fabulous. That's fabulous. Is there, is there um, one thing that surprised you about working with Lisa? I think the biggest thing was just how reasonable it all was. I, I really, I thought it was going to be a lot more expensive and, you know, I was, I was, you know, delighted that it really wasn't as expensive as I expected. She was able to find a lot of really great deals on the clothes that she bought me and, you know, picked out for me. And so I think that was one of the biggest things is that it, it really wasn't, it wasn't as expensive as I would have thought having a wardrobe consultant would be. Yeah. And, and did you, are, are you finding you're wearing things from your closet differently than you did before? Like, did you get rid of a lot of stuff or just kind of think about it differently? 
I got rid of a fair amount. I mean, I went through her process, you know, and so I, I eliminated a lot of things before she came in. And, and then certainly she showed me a lot of different ways to wear things that I would never have thought of, which are I mean, just some really fun outfits that uh, I really enjoy. Does it make it easy for you in the morning? Uh, do you find, again, we talk about investing in, 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 I'm all about efficiencies. So again, same 24 hours in the day. So has she given you back a little more efficiency and how you're getting dressed in the morning? Maybe this is a better question. Let's say it this way. Do you think about what you're going to wear in the evening for the next day? Or are you a go in in the morning and put it all together? And is it easier now? It depends on my day. If I'm presenting that I've, I've laid out ahead of time. So that I definitely want. I don't want to have to be thinking about that using any of my decision-making power or brain power in the morning <laughs> when I'm speaking and presenting. So then I'm definitely planning ahead and, and I've got some great outfits that we've put together that I know, you know, are going to work and I'm ready for that. Um, the, the only thing I would say, I mean, I think I am more efficient, but I also... I have so many fun things to wear that I think sometimes I, I stop and think more. And say, oh, but I, oh gosh, you know, but that one's cute. So I do sometimes spend more time trying to decide. <laughs> but you also, but maybe in a good way. You, you well, in a good way. Definitely in a good way. But it, so, yeah. So, I, so no, but the efficiency is there. And I think I've definitely learned how to plan in advance for days that are really important to me to be prepared. You talk, Lisa, ask that question again, or make that comment again. What, that you have more confidence in the wardrobe that you have in your closet, you have more confidence in all of your pieces. So I think that you're not looking at your wardrobe or you're hopefully not looking at your wardrobe and saying, oh, I don't like that. Ugh, I don't like that. I don't want to wear that. You're, you're doing the opposite. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, it's, oh my gosh, I've got all these fun things to wear. Which thing do I want to wear today? You know, yeah. the process of going through it too. I think one of the things that I'm most proud of having gotten to in the last, really only the last month is that I can put on every single item that's in my closet. It fits. Yep. That's good, Kitty. It, it's sort of, it's, it's very good. And it's very freeing in a weird way that you can do that. It makes, it makes the decision-making process. You're not, again, you're not going, Ugh, I love those, but I don't fit in them. And it, that's just a, that's not good on the psyche even. No. Yeah, you're also not doing the fit. retail yeah. therapy that we talked about before Jane came on. No, I'm much better at that, Lisa, much better. Thanks to you. I mean, you know, that's taken some time, but we've gotten there. Jane, back to you for, for just a few brief minutes, and then we want to talk about your nonprofit that you picked out. I get the sense you really enjoy speaking. I do. I, it, unexpectedly, it wasn't something that I had been doing in my corporate career. I was more in you know, meeting with clients one-on-one, -on -one, which I absolutely love. And so I thought the group coaching was really where where I would want to be. And I do still really enjoy that as well, but I love speaking. I feel like I'm able to touch so many more women and make an impact on empowering more women's financial lives when I get to speak to a group of women. And so, yeah, I really am enjoying that opportunity. Do you have a target of the type of groups that you wanna to talk to? 
And so, how do people get a hold of you to book that? Yeah. So organizations, you know, companies, if they have you know women's groups, if they want to provide this as a perk for their top female employees, or I like I'm going to be doing an event here in a couple of weeks for an organization where they're bringing me in. They have 125 female employees, and so they're bringing me in to do an event just for their employees and as kind of a thank you for, you know, all the, the things they've been through with COVID. So absolutely love being able to do that. Or I work with financial advisors and planners and work, you know, come in and do a women's event for their clients. What a smart business to bring you in. Yes, it is. They can keep <laughs> their employees happy and especially learning something about their own finances and whatnot. That's that's a, a win for everyone. Okay, so let's pivot. You have a nonprofit that you suggested. Girl Scouts River Valleys. It is girlscoutsrv.org. And why this particular Girl Scout? What's your association? So I'm actually on the finance committee for the Girl Scouts, and I was a Girl Scout brownie and Girl Scout growing up, and I just think what they teach young girls about going out there and selling the cookies, it's almost like they have their own little business, and I just think that that can relate so strongly to what I'm trying to get women to consider as adults, and so I just love that they're they're teaching girls you know, all about running their own business and selling and doing all the things that you're probably going to have to do as an entrepreneur or in your, in your career at some point. That's fantastic. And who doesn't love a good Girl Scout cookie? Uh, and they're for sale right now. Oh, tell me about it. It's like, I'm like, oh my God, I can get thin mints now. No, I can't. Oh. Yes, I can. No, I can't. It's like a struggle in my mind. Give yourself a box of thin mints. Absolutely. That's the problem is What's I will the worst eat a box could be? when I'm sitting there. Mm. Well, that sounds like a whole nother podcast. <laughs> that <mint. sounds> like... <laughs> oh my gosh, Jane, thank you. It has truly been enjoyable spending the time. I'm glad you two connected. I'm really glad that you chose to come on and share just a, a wealth of information with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. And it's just been my pleasure. And I listen to your podcast and absolutely love it. So uh, I hope that uh, this, this helps other women learn more about their finances. Tell us again, if people want information on speaking or uh, book sales, we talked about that a little bit, or taking one of your on, are you do, online class in person, whatever whatever the future holds. So www.elegantwealth.com is my website. And elegant, of course, is spelled with two L's, like my last name. And on there, they can reach out to me. Um, it's got my phone number. It's got, uh, you can get on my calendar. And so I would, I would love to connect. Thank you, Jane. Thank you very much. And as we're recording this podcast, I can see you, but those listening will not be able to, and you look wonderful. <laughs> I, I love what you put on. You Thank sure you. do. The most beautiful fuchsia sweater and a white blouse. I think the biggest thing is your wonderful smile and your beautiful energy. So I bet the view in your mirror is phenomenal every morning and oh, every day. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, well, actually, Katie, now that I think about it, it was the very first thing I pulled for her when I went and started shopping. 
for her. Oh, wow. Does she, mean, she probably actually, doesn't even know that. No, she probably doesn't. And also what we didn't talk about is that, you know, it was still COVID and I wasn't going into stores yet. So I have relationships with stores all over the country and world where I do virtual FaceTimes and then I have boxes sent to clients house. And then I either go there or we do it virtually. So I did all of her clothes virtually with another store outside of Minnesota. I did it at Bloomingdale's. Wow. That's fantastic. Well, the nice thing too, is for you to know how things fit. That's right. You couldn't do that without knowing the fit and what the client. No, I mean, that's my whole thing. Exactly. And she, I'm always very particular. I'm not going to send her stuff that she's not going to want keep, or it's not going to fit her. And I stick within everyone's budget. And she, you know, that's a question I was going to ask you. Do you talk to somebody about what their budget is at the beginning going in? I mean, yes. obviously your, yes. your fee to meet with them is your fee to meet with them and that's separate. But as you're shopping for them, you keep a budget in mind. Everybody has a budget. It doesn't matter how yep. much money you have to spend. Everyone has a budget in their mind and I need to know what that is. Mm-hmm. I will be mm-hmm. honest and tell them that if they need more than their budget is, then let's talk about what I'm going to find for them first. And then we'll do part two, part three, and part four. Because if someone says, I want a whole new wardrobe and I'm only going to spend $300, that's not possible, right? right. So I'm very honest with them on that. And so we, we definitely have that conversation. But with Jane, I remember that she kept everything but two pieces. And I think she was very surprised. That's excellent. So, and again, if people want to get a hold of you and go through this process, how do they do it? Best way to get a hold of you. Lisa at wardrobeconsulting.net. And I too think budgets are very, very important. And it's important to talk about those budgets, to have those real and honest conversations, to not waste anybody's time. So if you want to talk to me about a project in your home, you can certainly get a hold of me at katie at katieharms.com. And we are also at theviewinyourmirror.com. And we thank you for all the support. It's been a lot of fun having comments. Do you have any that stand out to you recently? I have had a lot of great feedback on our new logo, Katie. Yes, me too. And um, I think it's really fun. And I really like that. And the thing I get over and over and over again is we love the guests you have on, but you and Katie's banter And what you talk about (laughs) is always my favorite. And that's what I get over and over and over again. And, you know, of course, I love our banter too. So I'm glad other people do too. Me too. Well, when you do something you genuinely like and our, our care and love for each other, I think definitely comes through. So thank you for trusting me. And when sometimes it wasn't easy to do so at the beginning. And thanks for being on this journey that we're on. It's a, it's a fun one. And I am looking forward to continuing. Yeah. We've got some fantastic guests lined up for now, Lisa, it is time to say goodbye and put a nice little bow on this podcast. It was truly enjoyable having Jane on. And I know with your help, she's going to have a continued fantastic view in her mirror. And that is what we wish for everyone. We thank you for listening until next time. (laughs) 